The incidence and prevalence of Crohn's disease is increasing worldwide and a clinical review on thebmj.com provides a practical approach to the diagnosis, management and long-term care of patients with Crohn's disease. I'm Navjoit Lada, Clinical Reviews Editor, and to help us understand what it's like to have this condition, I'm joined by Sarah, who was diagnosed with Crohn's 13 years ago when she was 18. Hi, Sarah. Take us back 13 years. What's your memory of when you first felt that things weren't right? Um, I think the first the first thing that I remember is is how how much everything hurt, basically. Um, when I was first diagnosed, um, obviously being sort of like 17 or 18 years old, um, I think fear was probably the, the top of the list because I'd lost so much weight. Um, I was in so much pain on a regular basis. And to begin with, nobody could really tell me why and it took a while to get the diagnosis and then it took a while to sort of get the information together from different sources as to you know what I had and what the implications of that were going to be so um, I think as a as a sort of a young adult yeah it, it was definitely scary not really knowing what what was ahead of you at that point. Right so how long did that process take? Um, I don't remember exactly how long it took, but I think um, it was it was a good few months, even possibly up to maybe a year, to get the full diagnosis. And that was going through lots of things from first seeing my GP with what was initially we thought just sort of an upset stomach, really, and the sort of symptoms that normally go along with that, which then led into the severe pain, the endless trips to the toilet, the severe weight loss and, and by that point you think now actually hang on a minute something a lot more serious is going on so the visit to the GP you know to then get referred to um, the specialists at the hospitals and all the tests um, the endoscopies I had to have a barium, a barium meal I think it's called um, at one point as well so I think all in all that probably took close up to a year to get a formal diagnosis. Gosh that was a long time and what were you thinking about in the meantime? Had you heard of Crohn's disease at the time? No, I hadn't heard of it at all, no. Um, and I think even now, uh, if I mention that I have it to somebody, uh, that 90% of people have never heard of it until they meet someone that's got it. It's just not a well-known disease. Um, my my logic and my family's logic has always been, you know, if, if, you, if you've got something, you just have to deal with it and life goes on. There's no point in sort of wallowing in it so it was just a case of right okay we need to find out as much information as we can we haven't known anybody with this so we know nothing about it where do we start who do we talk to um, but luckily the specialists that I saw the nurses that I dealt with um, we were put in touch with the what was then the NACC the Crohn's and Colitis Society um, and obviously they've got a lot of information on their website and it all went from there really so scary yes but at the same time there, is, there was a lot of information on offer, so it was just a case of delving into it, really. Okay, and going into that into a bit more detail, yeah. so you got this diagnosis and you had all this information available. What were your kind of questions? What did you want to know at the time? The main thing was how, how it would affect my life going on from here, what limitations there would be, if any, um, you know, how it would affect my daily life as well as, you know, a long term on a long term basis. That was the thing, really, because 
at the early stage, you don't know how it's going to be controlled, if they're going to be able to control it. And, you know, with the amount of pain and things that you're going through, it's hard to picture how you will be able to deal with that. So I think that was that was the main thing, really, the main question that I had right from the start. And looking back now, 13 years on, is there anything you wish you'd known when you first got your diagnosis? Um, I wish I wish that I might have, they might have been able to put me in touch with somebody that had it at the time. Because I think if I'd have had the opportunity to speak to somebody that had it as well, it would have sort of put a lot of those fears, you know, to the back burner. Um, I don't think there's any questions or anything that I wish I'd asked. But um, no, I can't think of anything else that that could have been done that, that I now think, you know, would have been helpful apart from that, really. Okay, all right. Let's bring you back to the present now. Can you tell us a bit about the various treatments you've had? Yeah, sure. Um, I've been on mesalazine tablets. I've been on um, prednisolone, the steroid. I've taken um, azathioprine tablets as well. Um, I was on mesalazine and azathioprine as a combination for many years. That was the treatment that they had me on uh, on a regular basis to control my Crohn's. And then the prednisolone steroids were um, when I relapsed to bring it back under control again. Um, I remember having, um, oh goodness, I can't remember the name of the treatment now. Um, I had to go into hospital to have it every eight weeks and I was put on a drip when my Crohn's relapsed once and they couldn't bring it back under control with the mesalazine and azathioprine. Is that infliximab? Yes, I had to go into hospital to have to be put on a drip every eight weeks and it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It it, um, completely controlled my Crohn's. Um, I didn't need to be on any other medication Um, and after a while of being on on the drug they decided to take me off it because you couldn't be on it forever Um, and I actually remember sitting in the in my specialist office when he told me he was taking off me off of it and I cried because I was so I was so worried about what could happen you know because I'd been so well on it Um, the worry of coming off it was was huge but um, I I trust him because he's he's an amazing doctor and uh, I was completely medication free when I came off it um, for three or four years and then I had another relapse um, which unfortunately was partially I think my own doing because um, I started smoking again and um, that I've always been told is one of the worst things that you can do as somebody with Crohn's Um, so I think unfortunately that may have been partially to do with me which is ridiculous Um, but when I relapsed that time um, I was taken into hospital I've been hospitalized twice through it and put on intravenous steroids Um, and this time around they put me on um, Humira uh, which is one that I have to inject every two weeks Um, and I just keep the I keep the drugs at home in the fridge and touching wood as I say this uh, at the moment I'm fairly fairly well controlled not a hundred percent but nothing like it would have been without it with without the drugs when I relapse it's horrendous so um yes that's what I'm on at the moment I'm on the Humira but I've been on quite a few different things (laughs) and what are those drugs like have you experienced much in terms of side effects I wouldn't class it as a side effect of the drugs but when I'm well I do put on weight but that's because that's my healthy weight as opposed to being underweight when I relapse I lose a lot of weight when I relapse and and you know that goes back on when I when I get my myself steady again. Um, 
I haven't. I don't remember many side effects with the um, azathioprine or the mesalazine, although with the azathioprine I had to have blood tests about every eight weeks, which was a bit of an inconvenience rather than a side effect, but one of those things you have to do. Um, there weren't really any side effects for me of um, the drug that I had to go into hospital for, and I'm not really experiencing much on the Humira, not that I'm aware of as being a side effect of the drug anyway. Um, the one that really had the side effects is the prednisolone, the steroids. Um, that led to weight gain. Um, I actually had to have almost two different wardrobes, one one size when I was uh, you know, normal and the other when I was on my steroids because I would um, put on quite a lot of weight and it led to... Um, water retention in my face so I had I think what they call moon face where I sort of swell up around my face a bit um, and yeah it's just um, eating an awful awful lot the the appetite increase for me with the steroids was was quite a lot I used to just have to keep food with me pretty much all the time because I always felt not necessarily that I was hungry but just that I, I, I wanted to eat so that's obviously where the weight gain came from. But um, yeah, steroids, I think, were the one that I had the most side effects with. Yeah, I think that sounds like a lot of people's experiences. Mm. Let's talk more broadly about the lifestyle yeah. side and the impact it's had on your life. Can you talk us through that? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, at the moment, it's um, it's not too bad because I don't have to have regular blood tests. I just see my specialist. Um, once every six to eight months, depending on how he thinks I am when he sees me last. Um, but I do have access to um, my nurse specialist as well, and she's invaluable because she's always on the other end of the phone. Um, if I have any questions at all, Crohn's related, I don't have to go to my GP. I just go straight to her, um, and she'll come back to me and, and let me know, you know what I need to do and who I need to see, or do I start on steroids again, or does she want me in the hospital, you know, so... That's invaluable, and I don't think many people have access to those, having spoken to a few other people that have Crohn's. Um, I'm lucky because I've always had very understanding bosses um, in all my jobs. So um, my boss at the moment, if I have a specialist appointment coming up, he is great about allowing me to change my day off so that I can go, because that's always on a Tuesday, which doesn't fall in line with my days off. Um, I'm always upfront with employers about the fact that I have the disease, but I always say to them that it doesn't stop me from doing my job. I just need them to be flexible. So if I have to rush to the toilet, you know, I, I just have to go. And um, they've all been brilliant about that. Um, it's, I think the thing for me, and it's a bit of a difficult one because unless, again, you're speaking to somebody that has Crohn's disease, you know, your family can all nod and make the right noises, but it's a bit different because I never know whether or not I'm tired just because I need a bit more sleep or whether it's difficult to know because I've had Crohn's for so long. Tiredness, I believe, is, is one of the big um, symptoms, I suppose, of the disease. But having had it for so long, you think, okay, is this just me? Have I conditioned myself to be like this, or is this, you know, the, you know, the symptom of the Crohn's that I'm that I'm experiencing? But I could sleep for nine or ten hours every night, and I'd still feel like I could probably get more sleep. I would imagine. So that's that's one of the biggest things that I find. Um, is is quite hard, but um, 
So there are a few little bits and pieces, but nothing too horrendous, nothing that you can't, you can't deal with. Uh, it sounds like you have a great attitude towards it. Yeah, I think, I think with any disease you have to, don't you really? It's, you know, you've got it, you can't change it. You just have to make, make the best of it, I suppose. Can I pick up on something you said there? Mm-hmm. It sounds like you found your consultant and the direct access to your nurse specialist has been good. Yeah, um, I mean, I've been I've been very lucky with the doctor that I've had. I've had the same specialist since I've been diagnosed. Um, I did change specialist briefly when I went to university, but didn't really, not get on with the doctor, but I just didn't feel that he was, as um, helpful, and I'm not sure what the right word would be, but it, it just didn't really um, sit particularly well with me. So I, I changed back to the specialist that I had back up here and just waited and had my appointments when I was back up um, living at home in holidays and things like that. Um, my my specialist is, is absolutely amazing. Um, I couldn't ask for anything more, really. He's, you know, he's approachable. He, he talks everything through with you. There's, you know, he's never got, he's never rushed you know, he'll sit and talk with you about whatever you need to ask. He explains things in a way that, you know, he knows that you can understand as well. And I've had access to um, my nurse specialist as well. I've always got her telephone number. Um, I can always call her. That is, to me, absolutely invaluable to have a question answered so quickly without having to speak to somebody, say, like the GP, who may have only contact, come into contact with a couple of people that have Crohn's. You know, they just don't know that much about it sometimes. And, um, yeah, having her is, is absolutely brilliant. I, I wish everybody would have access to, to someone like her, really, and I, I don't think everybody does. So if I could change one thing, that would probably be, that would probably be it. Well, it sounds like that access is really valuable, and it's great that you have it. Is there anything in your experience that's been not so good? No, not really. Um, I mean, even when I was hospitalised twice with it, you know, being in hospital is never fun. It's boring. You know, you just want to come home. But the, the care that I had in both the NHS hospitals, I, I really couldn't fault it. Are there any lifestyle things that you found helpful? Exercising or changing your diet? Anything that you found helpful like that? Um, I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't really changed that much. Um, I've never been a um, particularly sporty person. I think for me, sort of rest and relaxation is the thing that I find most helpful, it, you know, recharging the batteries. Towards the beginning of my diagnosis, when my mum and I were looking into, um, as you say, all the different things you can try to, to help manage the disease, we did did look into um, like an organic diet, um, just using organic food and things like that. And manuka honey was another thing that was recommended to us. Um, it, we tried it for a while. Um, we didn't find that it had that much improvement for me. Um, and unfortunately, it's it's all quite ex- well. It was then anyway, quite expensive, uh, because it didn't have that much impact that we could tell. Um, we didn't we didn't pursue that for very long. Um, I tried when I was ill, sort of meal replacements and things like that as well. They put me on a few of the sort of the cartons of meal replacement drinks and things. But again, that uh, 
I didn't last very long. I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit fussy. I'm afraid to say. So <laughs> entrails and live. See, that's it. Yeah, that's the sort of thing. Yeah, those... they're they're really disgusting. Yeah, no, that yeah, exactly. That really didn't last very long. Um, and you mentioned you gave up smoking too. Yes, yes. Well, the the the, <laughs> the turning point for that, I um, I was caught having a cigarette by my specialist when I was. Um, outside his office waiting for an appointment with him (laughs) and it's funny because I think the shame and embarrassment of him catching me smoking was more than if my parents had ever caught me smoking and um, yeah I I did I I quit for a good many years Um, and um, yeah it's I think that is a massive thing you know he was always sort of telling me that smoking I should give up and and it was a major contributory factor to relapses and things like that but it's the same as when your parents tell you you're not doing something I suppose for for a teenager and and someone in their early 20s you think oh yeah 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 you know it it can't really be that bad but um, when I don't smoke it is better so he he was right much like your parents when they tell you something (laughs) so to end with is there anything that you'd like to say to other patients out there you mentioned reaching out for peer support yeah, yeah. I think, um, I mean, I'm I am a member of the, well, what was the NACC, the Crohn's and Colitis Society, and I get their newsletter. Um, and I think that is that is a great source of, of information because there's in like little interviews and question and answer things with uh, some of the specialists. And it's always things that, that are interesting to learn and, and developments and things like that. Um, I think I think one thing I would say that I've, I've developed a bit of a thicker skin, I suppose, over the years. Um, and I think, I still feel it now, but it doesn't bother me as much now, the embarrassment side of things. Um, because I, I used to speak to people and, and they would say, oh, well, you know, why don't you just wait till you get home to go to the toilet? And you sort of say, well, you know, when you've got Crohn's disease, unfortunately, when you've got to go, you've got to go. You can't get around that. And be that in a public toilet, be that at school, at university or at work um, and I think I don't worry so much now obviously when you use the toilet there are noises and you know um, quite often smells and things that are a bit embarrassing and things like that but I think I would definitely uh, say to you know people that are just being diagnosed that it is hard to sort of develop the thick skin around things like that but it isn't something that you can change um, and I think a lot of people I mean I've, I've had comments from people goodness years ago now on a night out and I had a severe stomach ache and had to go and use the toilet and there was only one ladies toilet and as you can imagine a massive queue built up and I had people banging on the door and shouting and sort of a bit of mild abuse as to why I was taking so long in there um, and um, but as soon as I came out and I I sort of said to them I said oh you know I'm really sorry I've got a non-contagious medical condition um, you know sorry to hold you up and straight away everybody was like oh I'm really sorry you know you have a good night hope you're okay and it's just I think it's it's ignorance not in a horrible way but just when people don't they don't realise that you have a medical condition, um, their mind automatically goes one way rather than down the track of, you know, oh, she can't help it. 
it can be it can be embarrassing if you if you're out in public and I think that's a big thing to have to work past but I just sort of shrug my shoulders now and mentally think well, you know I can't change it if someone has a problem then that's their problem and not mine and I think that's something that people need to to get their head around well on those words of wisdom thanks Sarah for taking us through your experience of living with Crohn's you're welcome I hope there's some useful bits in there The clinical review on Crohn's disease to accompany this patient perspective is now available on thebmj.com.